Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. I'm not in it pleasant. I'm yeah, that's, sure a, that's a good point. This yeah, that's... Yeah, that is a good point. 93 WIBC, it's Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Casey's out today. Kevin's here. We'll get to voicemails in just a second. Several people, and I'm seeing this a lot from pe- from, many, from many different angles, of people who are upset about that news conference that just took place uh, involving the Delphi murderers. Because people are feeling, and we saw this in the YouTube chat, and I'm hearing this from other corners, that they didn't get anything out of it. And if you were going to say we have an arrest in the case, it would have been far better just to issue a release on Friday, if that's indeed when you had the guy, to say this has taken place. Because there are people who feel like throughout this entire process, there's been press conference after press conference after press conference where they get nothing you know, out of it. And it seemed like that was kind of this press conference where you could have just given the people the information – and so Hammer's going to be in the next segment, and he has followed this case closer than anyone. I'm going to ask him about that because I think that's a very interesting point. Uh, but in the meantime, your thoughts, your comments. And we start with, uh, this is always just just great, 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 great music to my ears. And we're seeing it more and more of people starting to think for themselves this year when they cast their ballot. Sometimes it means a third party. Sometimes it means leaving it blank. Sometimes it means there's a Republican or two out there who have earned your vote. I love hearing this from people. Take a listen. I really wanted to call because I'm in Bloomington and I have heard several calls lately from listeners here in Bloomington. And I got to say, it's awesome to hear so many listeners from the area. When you live here, it's obvious that you're in the minority, uh, but so cool to hear others from Bloomington listening uh, to conservative voices. Um, that being said, uh, I wanted to just make a quick note on the Secretary of State race. Uh, listen, I, I know Diego. Uh, I've known Diego for probably close to 20 years. Uh, good guy. And I was looking forward to voting for a guy I know personally for such a high office, but you have exposed some great flaws in his uh, in his qualifications, I guess I would say, uh, which has thrown a lot of doubt on my vote. But when he decided to not show up for the debate, uh, that showed me that he was taking my vote uh, and a lot of other conservative votes for granted. Um, so that, that was it for me. Uh, I'll be casting a vote for the Libertarian. Uh, whether that's a wasted vote or not, uh, I am learning to vote my conscience more and more these days. And so, uh, Rob, I know you say you're not a Libertarian, uh, but I'm pretty confident you've converted me to be one myself. So, hey, guys, you guys are doing great. Keep up the good work. You guys are awesome. I love hearing that, not because he's voting for a Libertarian, but because he has taken the time to get outside of his preconceived notion, to get outside of his box and say, look, my vote is to be earned. And part of earning a vote is showing up. Part of earning a vote is standing on stage with my fellow people who are also seeking this public office and telling society why my ideas are the best, not just in a campaign stump speech, but in an environment in which you are pressed 
on your views. And we hear that, I heard this so many times from people tonight with WIBC. Look, Jeff Moore, the Libertarian candidate for Secretary of State, is a great candidate. So I'm happy to support him. But I'm more impressed at, not, not just that people are voting for Jeff Moore, because we've talked about the long-term ramifications of him getting that 10% and how big it would be for, the, for, for, for holding Republicans accountable, but because people are thinking for themselves. And when you think for yourself, there is no way the majority of people can come to the conclusion, if they're being intellectually honest with themselves, Diego Morales is deserving of my vote. Uh, 93 WIBC, it's Kendall and Casey show, working through some of your voicemails. I'm Rob Casey's out today. Kevin's here. Got into last week, obviously, we were on the air when the big news broke about Tom Brady and Giselle uh, going to file for divorce and had a caller that touched on something that's not getting talked a lot about this uh, in this in this whole process, the kids. I was listening to your show on Friday and everybody's talking about Tom and his wife. But what everybody's forgetting is that they are deciding to put a crack in the foundation of their kids. And anybody that comes from a divorced family knows your life is never the same, obviously. And so I guess my issue is they're putting their selfish needs, both of them, above their children. And not just their children, but there's a, another child of Tom's involved where he obviously probably has a relationship with um, Gazelle. Is that her name? <laughs> Anyways, um, Giselle, sorry. Um and, you know, then that possibly is ruined. Um, and then he possibly gets another stepmom. I mean, it's just, you know, raise your kids, get them out of the house, and then do whatever the heck you want. But I, I just think that everybody is forgetting the kids in this really sad situation. It's a great point. You know, we talked about this before. I don't – when you're worth a gajillion dollars and your wife is worth a gajillion dollars and much of your life – is based on almost all your life is based on look at me then i don't think you get to ask for privacy when that personal life that you've told people to look at is being looked at so from the brady giselle standpoint they've made colossal amounts of money by encouraging people to look at them and, and their lives but there are children involved in this and the kids are innocent victims in this and she's right brady has a kid from another woman already and that is the unfair collateral damage in this is that these kids are going to suffer because divorce is not good for anyone ever. Uh, okay, so Friday, Kevin, Kevin, I'm going to bring you in for this. Kevin just randomly Friday evening was like, so, or Friday morning was just like, so, what are you guys doing for Halloween? And Casey and I said, Kevin, we are old. What do you think we're doing for Halloween? Like, what? I don't know what in Kevin's mind. Do you think we were going to a, what do they, what do you call it, a rager somewhere? Yeah, or, or maybe even, you know, going around and getting candy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm the size of a small child, so that might have worked. <laughs> uh, and so then we asked Kevin what he was doing because Kevin is uh, younger and still uh, not, not married. And so uh, Kevin's whole life is right in front of him and he can do whatever incredibly stupid things he wants. And as long as he doesn't get arrested, it's fine. And you somehow use that to launch in to some story about how once upon a time you used to smash pumpkins for entertainment on Halloween. Yeah, in a, in a past life. Yeah, and well, we, should be, life. we should be very clear. You don't plan on this Halloween stealing your neighbor's pumpkins and smashing them. No, of course not. Okay, no. there were some people who were very concerned. I believe, I'm going to guess, I don't know, the 
what is it called? The ex uh, the 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 time in which a prosecutor could uh, come after you is probably expired for any pumpkins that may have been smashed. Um, <laughs> statute of limitations. Yes, that that that's it. Um, but somebody did call about a time they apparently in their life were into smashing the pumpkins. Oh wow! And this should be a warning tale because it didn't end well for them. Hey, uh, the last pumpkin I tried to snatch and smash on somebody's front porch. They had put needles in it from the inside out, and that's the last pumpkin I ever tried to steal and snatch. Uh, smash. Thank you. Wow. So they, they booby-trapped a yeah. pumpkin. Well, you see this a lot with yard signs. Like, I've seen people who will, like, electrify their yard signs, Yeah. especially if you had a Trump sign because they are so, uh, so frequently stolen. But that is uh, somewhat creative, and it serves you right if you're going to steal other people's stuff. And we're glad you've grown out of that. Yeah, well, that's uh, yeah, that's a <laughs> uh, that's a good point. Um, I'm glad that I didn't get hurt. I'm glad I was and... not. I was glad I was not injured while stealing other people's stuff as a as a small child. <laughs> uh, another story we got into over the week. You closed our show on Friday with Warren Zevon as bumper music. And as many people know, I love Warren Zevon. I think he's one, I think, as I described him, one of the great treasures in American history. Unfortunately for Warren Zevon, he's a treasure that we should take out every day and play with it a little bit. But we just stick him in a in a in a chest in the attic and pull him out on Halloween with that stupid Werewolves of London song. That's it. I mean, we have this entire treasure trove right in front of us, and one time a year we pull this guy out, and then he's remembered as, oh, wasn't he the guy who did the Werewolves of London song? And there was so much more to Warren Zevon, and he was so great, and one guy was very angry about my praise of Warren Zevon. Take a listen. Yeah. Okay, Warren Zevon was okay. Um, I mean, he's not some American treasure. I mean, if you were going to talk about a guy like maybe Todd Rundgren, who had basically kind of one hit, but multiple uh, impact on other artists and varying degrees as a producer and stuff like that, I would buy it. But Warren Zevon, no. And he's written, he's known for Werewolves of London because it was a hit. And I hate guys that love bands like Fish and the Grateful Dead and numerous other bands. Like, I love Deep Purple, but they only wrote one hit. So if you can't write a hit, then you're not you're not going to be popular, and you're not going to be known. And somebody like, you know, I don't know, um, Brian Adams, who's wrote multiple hits that may not have the oomph of a Warren Zevon, is going to be known because he's written hits. So I have nothing against Warren Zevon, but he's I'm glad you like him, and that's wonderful, but he's not some American treasure. Uh, Todd Rundgren's 10 million times better than him. Thanks. Uh, what is going on in that person's life, Kevin, that me may just making a statement of, I really enjoy Warren Zevon music, enraged him to say, I must call a radio station and let this guy know why he sucks? Well, I will say, I was a little shocked when you uh, were upset about my playing of uh, Werewolves of London. Well, and I also felt like you know I was playing Halloween themed music. No, 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 it's fine. It's just, it's just, uh, it didn't, so I wasn't. Uh, maybe I took it out on you, and it wasn't your your because it is a, a Halloween song, and I get what you were doing. It's a classic. It's just this is what people do, right? They just play the hits. And as someone who once worked in classic rock radio, right, you just want to poke your eye out with the pitchfork. Because you've heard the hits 10 billion 
times, yeah. and there's enti- this entire other catalog to expose to people who they might say, wow, it's, it's really good, man. He did that? That's awesome. Yeah. And when it is someone, the talent of a Warren Zevon, we really cut society short by just limiting it to that one goofy, stupid Halloween song. Yeah, I agree with that. I think he was, you know, he was an artist. He's more than just Werewolves of London. But uh, let's talk about what's uh, going on with this guy, right? But this, um, yeah, I guess as a person, me personally, I like the deep cuts. Yeah. And I like to explore uh, an artist's uh, discography. But what's with the anger? Like, I don't care. Like, whoever you want to like. Well, get your own very popular radio show. You know what? I had to bust my ass for 20 years to get here. I started in this business when I was 18 years old, and I've done crap that I'm ashamed and appalled by to get here. So you know what? I've earned the right to talk about Warren Zevon. I can talk about whoever the hell I want to talk about. So there. Yeah, yeah you've earned the right. And yeah. he also, uh, what was he saying? Uh, Todd Rundgren? Yeah, better. Todd Rundgren is fine. I saw the light. Hello, it's me. I mean, it's, Todd Rundgren's great. There's no problem with Todd Rundgren. Is he kind of like from the same background? Yeah, as he's Zivon? a singer-songwriter. Yeah. He was in with a whole bunch of, you know, those guys of that era. And he, Todd Rundgren's great. But here's the thing. Yeah. And this guy apparently needs a lesson in how music works. Because, and Kevin, you'll vouch for me on this. There was a time where the album experience for many people was as important as any song they heard on the radio, right? It was right. not an era in which, when the era we're talking about, where you just put a little CD in a player and you could skip to whatever you wanted or an iPod or whatever. Yeah. The album was the thing. And the single, for many people, was secondary to the album. There were two types of artists. There were guys who wrote meaningful albums who we cherished, and there were lazy people who wrote singles who we laughed at. And in the case of Warren Zevon, here's another great example. Bruce Springsteen sold 150 million albums. 150 million! Yeah. Very few individual hits. Anybody going to question his place in history? This guy has taken the lazy approach by saying, well, Brian Adams. Nobody cares about Brian Adams. He's got that one song. That's it. Yeah, he might. This guy might just have a maybe a short attention span. Maybe he's not a big fan of uh, putting the old album on and The thinking man reveres artists, loves artists who made great albums because that is where the talent lies.